Welcome back to Behind the Timeline, everybody. It's uh, another Wheel of Time episode. So we're very excited. I'm your host, Lindsay, and uh, my co-host, Scott, is with me tonight. Not, e- not even close. This not is, even close. Yeah, this is as this morning as it gets. I oh want you guys God. to know that I love you all so much, and Lindsay, that I actually set an alarm on a Saturday to get up so we can record <laughs> this shit man yeah we usually do record at night and um yeah we're not and i am kind of like in the just woke up like to have my coffee in front of me mode right now i did not yeah. set an alarm i just trusted i'm to... impressed i just made it work <laughs> I mean, good what are we here for Lindsay? we're here to talk about the wheel of time episode five blood calls <laughs> blood oh my god um yeah. And I'll start by saying that I said in the last episode that that means something in the book and in no way is the thing that it refers to in the book translated to this episode, but I was totally fine with that. Okay, Um, good. Because like, it didn't make sense to me. Like I got the, I saw the title of the episode and was like, oh, this is going to be something about like related or like equivalent exchange or something. And I just was so fucking confused by the end of this episode. Of course, like yeah. I couldn't even see anything through all my tears, but like, yeah, for real. I, yeah, <laughs> I thought there were going to be a lot more bad guys in this episode based on the title. Um, mm. And I think it's fun that there's stuff that I don't I don't I don't actually know for as high and mighty as I like to be about my book reader status. There's actually it's... a lot I don't know. It's fun. Well, it's fun for you. It's deterring for me because <laughs> I need fucking answers. <laughs> and I even put, dude, like, I don't, I, when we put our notes in, it's literally just us, like, typing shit. I don't really do anything special with the notes, but this time around, I honestly had to put in big, red, bold letters my most important question, so I didn't fucking forget it. But I don't know how I could forget it, because it was, like, the one thing that just, like, never again gets addressed. And I have to, I have to know the answer to this because it's it genuinely is going to drive me nuts. Hit me if it's not a spoiler, I will tell you. Are the tinkers dead, dude? I so I don't know, but dude, I don't I think just, so. That shit broke so. my heart so much. And the reason, so here's my thing: like the reason I don't think they're dead is the whites were just punching them. They yeah. weren't stabbing or like cutting at them or anything like that. And they didn't, when it showed the camp um, and child Valda in the, that shit was weird, by the way. I just, like, it shows, it absolutely shows his, like, pure fanaticism. Um, Like, he got aggressively angry when she called him sir. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, dude. But, like, there's none of the other tinkers are in in the camp. I feel like they just left them there. I think that had Perrin and Egwene not been with them, they would have like shook the tinkers down and been assholes like they were to Moraine on the road and moved mm. on. Because he saw Perrin and Egwene, he was like, yes, please, I'll have those two. But I believe Aram when he said they won't kill tinkers, which honestly is like kind of a yeah. fucked up thing to do. Like, I think we can all already figure that out. I mean, obviously, Valda doesn't care about right and wrong, but he was personally chasing down... Oh, actually, I don't know whether it was him chasing down Perrin and Egwene. I don't know that we saw that. We no, just saw the horses they circle get them. they get caught by two, by three random dudes because he says uh, bring those two to me. He doesn't actually engage in the right, fight or anything. Right. I don't think they would have killed the Tinkers though. I would be, 
I, for all the information that I have, no, they are not dead. Um, okay, good. But I, just, that, I don't oh, know. Dude. It drove me fucking nuts, man. Cause then it just like the camp was empty and I'm like, hello. Can I, can I tell you my most important question that I didn't yes, put in the notes, please. but that it's like also in bold and red and cap locks in my brain living rent free. <laughs> yes. Is Bella dead? Because I'll have to kill myself. <laughs> Wait, who's Bella? Hold on. Bella was Egwene's horse, and Bella is oh in the books all the way through. Like Bella is like there's a, a the fan like the it's not an actual theory, right? Like the uh, the joke theory in the fandom is that Bella is the creator. Like everybody oh loves Bella, and they name dropped Bella, and Bella was featured in the Entertainment Weekly article before the show came out of like things that were challenges for you. And they were like bringing everyone's favorite horse to life. And I'm like, well, where the motherfuck is she? Because th- we lost Bella in Shatter Logoth and I Actually, haven't seen Bella. Dude, okay, I'm going to throw some wild shit at you. What if Bella's the horse that disintegrated? Then the fandom will implode. Dude, I'm not I even just, kidding. Like, like, if this horse doesn't come back, it's going to be a real problem for people. She hasn't had a horse since episode two. Man. I know. Like, it's, it's here. Like, okay, so I'm going to. Well, she's, gonna... she's, sorry, she's Ram's horse. She's Ram and Tam's horse. Oh. Bella is the horse that Tam gets brought into town on. Then, then Egwene rides her out of the two rivers and she changes hands quite a bit. She doesn't stay with Egwene the whole okay. series, but she is in the whole series by name. Her and Mandar are like the only horses that make it, like Lance, Lance Stallion. And oh, I just, shit. I'm going to go ahead and need a Bella update, but those are, that's, anyway, <laughs> we can move into I, the episode now. No, so like, that's a good segue into just like my number one favorite thing about this episode. Not number one, but like, a, it's just a refreshing thing to see from a show is the pacing of this show. Like yeah. right, right out of the gate, it just says one month later, and I'm like, "Oh shit, okay, cool. We're not like fucking around in the forest anymore. Like we're just, yeah, we're actually like genuinely moving along." And I thought that was really nice. Like, don't get me wrong, there are a couple times where I was like, "Okay, maybe slow it down a little bit," mm-hmm. but um, namely when Lyle finds Nynaeve, but like thirty yeah. seconds before that, she had just been talking to Leandrin. I'm just like, "Okay, hold on, maybe have shown her." in like show Lyle meeting her and that would have been like a good connection because honestly and this is just like the, <laughs> this is just like after everything they've been through and everything that's going on I did not trust that that was Nynaeve when she first entered the room I was oh, like this wow. is someone in disguise this is fucking what is going on here because it, and it then, did, like, that nothing did feel happened. a little rushed I think yeah. I feel two ways about it I I do think there's probably a deleted scene for that where she does meet Loyal in the yeah. gardens because it made sense. Like that totally tracks that that's how he would find and that Loyal would go looking for Egwene, which is what he yeah. did, right? He thought Wait, my name was Egwene. Loyal or Lyle? Uh, so I say Loyal. He in the show said Loyal. Oh, Loyal. Okay. Yeah. I so did spell this wrong. It is. It's L-O-I-A-L. L. Yeah. yeah. Um. But he's, and I'll be pronouncing it loyal because of my audiobook proclivity. No, but, that's fine. Uh, I will too. Yeah, but he's saying loyal, which I'm like, yeah, he might say loyal. I wouldn't be surprised if like all the other characters just call him loyal. But 
he's the best. And like, I totally can believe that he would go looking for Egwene, which is what he did. Right. He was like, I found the girl you were talking about. Yeah. And it's like almost her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that loyal was correct in finding a woman from the two rivers. He, and he's like talking in the background with like, he's (laughs) Dude, he's, he's my favorite. He just like, like keeps honestly. talking when they, they're like moved on. He's like, the two rivers, the brain signifies it. And they're just like ignoring him. Dude, he is genuine. This is my only, I wrote two sentences about Loyal. It's just, I want an entire episode about just this dude. He's my new best friend. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> he is so fucking funny, but like also so genuine. And the way that he just like slows Rand down. Yeah. To be like, bro, just like talk, like don't, you know, just like listen. Mm-hmm. Man. Like, and oh, you humans are so hasty. <laughs> you like, humans are so hasty. And what is it that he says? You know, your name sings in my ears, Randall Thor. And I was just, and like, oh, actually yeah. died. Like, I continue to be speaking to you guys now from the grave. Like, I, <laughs> I was so excited about that. But I do think to circle back slightly to the pacing, and then we'll continue talking about loyal because, like, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> I also, while I also felt that was rushed, like it did jar me during the episode, and I think there's probably a deleted scene somewhere of them meeting. I also appreciate that they're doing something that a lot of shows don't bother to do, which is demonstrate to us that there is shit happening off screen. Oh, yeah. That time is passing off screen, Mm -hmm. that we don't have to see absolutely everything. And I I kind of like the entire journey. Yeah, I really like the way they cut the month out. And I was, remember in our first episode review, I was like, yo, how the fuck, what do you mean you're just going to go to Tar Valen? Like, that's an absurd distance to make it. Like, how are they going to pull that off? And the one month later makes that believable to me. Because I'm like, yeah, no, this is not, like, next door. And they made it quite a distance to Shatter Logoth is a a reasonable distance towards Tar Valen. So I could get down with, like, a month from there to the tower, sure. Um, well, well, and the Aes Sedai were on horseback. The yeah. t- Here's my only, like, thing about this is, uh, and I feel like it's just, um, like, my personal, it, it, like, irritation. Egwene is having too much fun at this point. Like, I feel like she has <laughs> no concern for where everybody else is. Told you last week, she's starting to like it. She's like, I'm out in the world. We're on our yeah. way. We're doing the right thing. We're safe. We're with these cool people. Everything feels solid. I'm learning about the world. I'm going to the tower. Rand'll probably be there. I mean, you can start to see even just in how much fun she's having, like the cracks start to show between the two of them. And Rand said too, I haven't yeah. seen her in a month. They've never gone that long without seeing each other. Yeah. They grew up in this little village, right? Like, even though he lives all the way out in the mountains, you know, such a long walk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I do like that they are, I think that like you commenting on that shows that they are starting to show some cracks there in their Mm. relationship. And like, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, trying to stay together with your high school sweetheart once you're both going to college. So it's kind of tough. Exactly. And I think that's a really good example of, or like, that's a really good metaphor for it. Um, Cause she, she, I mean, and you can kind of see it like right when we first see her at the beginning of the episode, she's already got a tinker sash over her mm-hmm. um, like regular dress or like her regular clothes or whatever. And then I'm like, Oh shit, dude, she's just like, she's part of this now. Like she is fully, she's fully tinkering. 
And I like how long they do get to spend with the Tinkers because, mm-hmm. like, they're they're all of the peoples of the world are important. Like, I think yeah. I've said I've said this with the destinations as well. Like, when, when the story of this scope, I don't think it's a spoiler to say there's there's no group or location that will not continue to be part of this story. Like, that the world matter, is yeah. is so well fleshed out and so realized and lived in. And Jordan's world is just so awesome. Like, we will come back to these guys, and I'm really glad that. Perrin and Egwene got to spend so much time with them. It's that's going to be a good thing for them later. Like I approve. I'm like, yes, get really hammer in how much time you guys spent with the Tinkers and what that meant to you, because that's awesome. Um, And it was a good thing for me. hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No. Oh no, I was just gonna like keep us down that train and talk maybe about like Valda and and the rest of the storyline. But what were you gonna say? No, that's what I was gonna say. Was you know what wasn't a good thing? We're just on the same flow. Fucking Valda, like yeah. Like I said, dude. Like I'm all for like uh, you know the creepy villain or like the whatever, like you know the sadistic. But this is on like a different level than almost any villain I've like I have been familiar with. The thing that really struck me as, like, dude, this is, like, a different kind of villain is he is so religiously fanatic. And I I said it earlier, but, like, he refuses to even continue the conversation until she calls him Child Valda. Yep. Like, it just, it was this, this... It's just a name. Like, it's just a thing that a person who was raised with respect would say to a person that's older than her. What's wild about it is, like, yeah, well, exactly, right? And and what's wild about it is, like, he's so fanatical about so much of it, but he also says, like, why would you think I would keep my oaths? Oh, I know. He's like, like, and I'm an asshole. Yeah, and I'm I'm a complete fucking douche canoe. Like, yeah, (laughs) it just, I don't know, like, it that I and that part I'm glad you bring that up because I did for, I kind of forgot that you said that that part kind of like took me out of it a little bit I'm like dude if you believe so hard in what you're doing the not keeping to your oaths thing just kind of breaks like the believability of it I don't know why it just like it was weird to me that he would do first of all the way he tortures Perrin is fucking that's crazy sadistic as shit to me. Like I've, I've never seen someone else. Like I've never, excuse me, much hot, hot, hot chocolate's coming back up. <laughs> um, I've never, that's, that's crazy. He just cuts like three long strokes down his back and intends to make that how he bleeds out. That's a Dude, fucking nuts. That was tough to watch. That was like real violent, which, yeah. um, I, I do want to throw kudos out to them for choosing violence and not rape in this mm-hmm. moment. Yes. I was glad that there was nothing rapey for Egwene, um, which is just so it differentiates it from Game of Thrones. It's that's yeah. the typical thing. Like he didn't even insinuate it. You know, I mm-hmm. I appreciated that. It also reminds me like the Children of the Light their hypocrisy and i know that you haven't seen this but i suspect listeners have it reminds me a lot of gilead and everything going on in handmaid's tale where the rulers of gilead will say with their dying fucking breath that everything they do is for children and we want to propagate children and every the only thing that matters is that we can you know bring women to term and have healthy babies and at the same time they beat the handmaids they like they all all of the things, nothing that they actually do in their execution 
helps their real goal because it's not what they actually care about, right? So mm -hmm. the children are very much the same where it's like, oh yeah, it's about the light and it's about the murder, murder, murder. And some of them are. What I love about Jordan's world is like, we already saw that. Like one of the guys wasn't a sadistic bastard necessarily. No, the he was the gold armored guy. The See, here's the thing. I don't know enough about their structure to know like how it works, but the gold armored guy seemed to be the military side of things. The silver armored guy, which is Valda, they are questioners. They're purely Aes Sedai hunters. Um, not purely Aes Sedai hunters, but the questioners are like their torturers for like anyone. Because remember, they're looking for anybody who's against the light, which oh. in the case of like Perrin's eyes and why he was like, light, save me or whatever he said there. Um, that's like anything that seems magical is evil to them and doesn't all have to be the same thing, right? So it's not necessarily just Aes Sedai, but anything that they feel like goes against the light. So for instance, they were going out, they were going to go after the Trollocs, right? But you're right oh, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, the questioners are the interrogators, not the fighters. And those are the ones in silver, which is really cool. I don't think that that distinction is in the books, but it's just a great visual that like, obviously we're picking up on. And I love that. Yeah. And there are a lot of really good, like, and I'm noticing this because I, like I said, I am listening to the book alongside watching this as much as yeah. I can. And, um, one of the things that I am noticing is the show does a really good job of visually explaining sides and mm -hmm. like allegiances, like allegiances like, and stuff. Like color coding the Aes Sedai. Yeah, color coding the Aes Sedai is a fucking genius thing. Yeah, because like, I, I, I think that's the, awesome. The Ajas are in the books, but they don't exclusively wear that color. They that wear color, yeah. They wear like a shawl in that color. If Do they they're have in rings the tower. in the book? Yes, they have rings. Um, the difference is that the rings are much simpler. They don't, they're not like, they're called Ornate. a great serpent ring, but they don't have the gem. Oh, um, okay. And I actually really like the gem. I suspect that because you, and this is actually in the most recent, the episode five behind the scenes, like the special animation thing that they have on the x-ray. Mm in Amazon, it talks about this, that you get the ring when you reach accepted. So you come in as a novice, which is what they were talking about with Nynaeve, with right? Nynaeve, She'll be yeah. a novice. Yeah. You come in as a novice and then you get brought up to accepted if you pass the test. And I won't go into what that looks like, but there's a test. And mm. then once you're an accepted, you get your ring. And in the books, you wear it on, I think... I can't remember which hand, sorry, books, book readers, but you wear it on one hand as a accepted, and then you can move it to the other hand as I Sedai. Um, and I think that what they'll do here is say that you get the ring as accepted, but you get the gem as I Sedai. I suspect, because oh, you don't be choose cool. your Aja. They confirm yeah. that in the animation that you choose an Aja when you get raised to the shawl or raised to I Sedai. So I think that's probably what we're looking at. Okay, that's see, that's really cool. I would, I would be kind of, I would be okay with that. And it like the way it reminds me. I know that we just had like a pretty spicy episode about it, but it kind of <laughs> reminds me about like the way that lightsabers are constructed in Star Wars, because <clears throat> you are the one that basically chooses your path, right? And it kind of feels like that's what this is here. Cause that's what Leandrin and Moraine were talking about. You think she'll choose red? Uh, like after everything she's seen. And then uh what she's like a healer of her magnitude. Um, the yellows will be will be chomping at the bit to get to her. Um, yep. 
And, and Alana thought, says it last week too. She says, when I chose green. Yeah. So like, it, is it purely a choice? Like you walk into a room and you're like, I think I'd look dope in blue. Or is it like, yeah, it's a ceremony of. that like the light chooses for you or something. No, you totally choose. You totally choose. And, uh, generally speaking, like there's always nuance to all of this, but generally um, the Ajas are kind of stoked that anyone chooses them. It's kind of like in the Harry Potter sorting where like every house is happy to have a new kid added to, to their have house. A new person. Yeah. yeah. They're all stoked when that happens. Um, except that in this case, the person is choosing, but there's also like, there's the whole process of being accepted. Like mm -hmm. there's, um, I Sedai are accepted generally like that you get to start like choosing your own path a little bit as an accepted and deciding what to specialize in. So it's a little bit like if it's Nynaeve, for example, since we know that the yellows are going to want her, it, hypothetically, if Nynaeve were to go through this process and become accepted and start to like choose her own path and what she's studying, she's probably going to gravitate towards healing. She'll probably be studying under a lot of yellow sisters. Like there's a specialization process that's happening okay. way before. It's not like you just get tossed into a room and it's like pick. It's like you're okay. already headed in that direction. People can probably kind of tell where you're going to gravitate from even as early on as Nynaeve's not a novice yet. Yeah. And that's kind of what I like, I figured cause she it's, it's more about like, okay, you've shown a proclivity for this. Like let's hone that kind of thing. Rather exactly. Than... I mean, in some cases there might be multiple Aja's like fighting over getting a woman of like, no, she's awesome. We want her. We like what we're seeing right now. Leandrin's like, well, if you're not here, maybe she'll choose red. If I'm here to, yeah. there's a lot of Aes Sedai scheming, right? There's a lot of like, and I, I love that we get to see so much of that in this episode mm. in the tower. It's like really yeah. fun to see how many factions there are and how not black and white any individual group in the wheel of time. Is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think said I are the best example. That's like, that was really cool to me. The, especially dude, the way that Moraine like explains, like every woman in this tower has their own agenda. Yeah. And they have their own goals. And if you're not careful, you're going to get swept up in it. And I thought that was yeah. a really good way of explaining like, dude, we may be sisters, but we are not a family. Absolutely. I mean, even within the Ashes, yeah. there's like, it's every single woman has their own goals and their own just machinations and plans and scheming. And I mean, that's kind of a big theme of this story, right? Is like, mm -hmm. we know from what Alana said last week, we're at the end of this age. The last battle is coming. The dragon is coming. All these prophecies are about to come to a head. We're all going to have to try to band together and yet yeah. look at how broken up all of these organizations are. I mean, they can't even get it straight within the tower. How are they supposed to be leaders to have the world go fight the last battle? Like there's a lot of like working our shit out to do before anybody's ready to do the things that Alana was talking about last week. And I think that they're doing mm -hmm. a really great job of show don't tell on all of this, like the amount of exposition and, world building and setup that was in this episode in particular like they're they're explaining stuff really clearly but they're also trusting the audience to put things like that out there of like and there's a lot of division and here's all the information that you guys have go go put it together and yeah, you guys kind of do this yeah although i will say this because this is something that i feel really bad i can't notice and i do need to go back and watch it <laughs> to figure this out 
I just don't hear the whistling. I just, I don't, because, and honestly, the first couple times that I watched the episode, because I have watched it more than once, I've just been focused on what the fuck is Matt staring at? Because if you look carefully, it kind of looks like there's a pouch of money just laying in the street. And I thought that's what Matt was looking at. Um, I mean, Matt's like a little bit all over the place right now, right? I know. And that's my problem. I'm like, dude, I can't, like, I can't lock you down right now. I have, I have just yeah. fucking no clue what's happening with you. The dagger is doing him zero favors. And Can we talk about the dagger for a minute? I... Yeah, let's let's shift into Matt and Rand, and then we'll kind of double back to talk about the warders. There's just so much going oh, on. I God. mean, like, and we also haven't talked about the wolves. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, let's no no no. Let's go back. How to do that, we want to we handle this? On the, we were on the white cloak, so let's go. Yeah, let's let's finish up with the wolves because, dude. I, if memory serves me correctly, I can't go back through and look, but I'm pretty sure I literally just texted you in all caps eyes. Yeah, you did. And I was very <laughs> excited. So Dude, tell me what you cool. thought about all of this. Like, what was going through your mind watching this? Because I know I was sitting here just like, you fucked with the wrong people. Dude, just yeah, waiting for so this to happen. That was kind of like my whole well, my whole thing about it. I was just like, all right, so he is going to like try and fuck with them. And he's going to, something's going to happen. I didn't think that... Um, I didn't think that she would have to channel to get them out of that. I genuinely thought that Perrin was just going to be strong enough to rip the harness apart. <laughs> like, I saw I, um, one review where people were saying if it was Rand, he could have. Because everyone's saying Rand has super strength. I know. He's got fucking super strength from nowhere. Knocking this, like, three grown men strong door or whatever. The, <laughs> however Dana, like, explained it. That thing was rough that they put Perrin in, though. That was, like, really yeah, holy that was, fuck. That was intense as fuck. That was um, super R-rated. Yeah, it was. Um, but I I think I think it was like really well done in the sense that like, oh dude, like you fucked up. But he doesn't know it. So we're watching, like, okay, his eyes were glowing. Like, does that mean something? Like, what's happening here? Like, what are we gonna fucking do? And you can and hear then, wolves in the background when his eyes turn. You yeah. can hear them howling. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so it's not a matter of, like, communicating. It's, like, a matter of, like, calling them. Like, you know, like, you, he can't just, like, run up on a wolf and be like, oh, dude, Steve, how's your day? It's like, he's a beacon for them. Like, he calls out to them kind of thing. That's certainly that was... what happened here. He also understood that they weren't going to hurt him. Right. Yeah, and that was, like, my whole thing was, like, he he doesn't know what this is, but he knows enough to know, like... Okay, I'm there's some level of control that I have here. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's the part that I thought was really cool is we did get to here's the thing that I love about everything that I'm noticing in this show. It's not one person that saves the day. It's everybody is involved in this in some way. Perrin yeah. could not have done what he did if Aguin hadn't burned him out of the his shackles. Or For out of sure. his ropes. Which was so awesome. Like, I, the yeah, unbreakable was. comment from Nynaeve, first of all, was like shivers. I'm like, yes, fuck yes. Yeah, that oh was my cool. God. The amount of shit that they are laying down right now for rewatches in seven seasons from now that you'll be able to watch and mm -hmm. go back and say, holy tits. Be like, ha, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a lot. And I was honestly, I was like squeeing into a pillow for like a full hour watching this. Like I just was, there's so much in this episode, but I really liked that comment from Nynaeve. And then I love how Egwene, this was such 
a showcase of who she is as a character. Like Rafe mm-hmm. fucking gets it. Like the, they understand who these characters are because uh, Egwene, she is resourceful and she is clever and she understands immediately that she was not powerful enough to fireball this dude out, which incidentally yeah. is something she has seen Moraine do. It's a wave yep. she's seen before and she's able to replicate it. I think that that's a really important thing to point out that the, the first weave that she really does is something that she saw Moraine do on winter night in the first battle in episode one. And that's what she's been able to replicate yeah. now twice is fire. And more, we saw Moraine throw a dope fireball and Egwene's fireball sucks. And she was like, fuck, okay, that wasn't great. What can I do though? And she's just so clever and resourceful to be like, I can cut Perrin loose. I might not be able to throw a fireball, but I could burn through those ropes. And that was just such a brilliant showcase of her character and her resourcefulness and her just like her refusal to be beaten or broken. Like she's just Mm -hmm. like, no, fuck you. Like I can do that. I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do that successfully. Fuck you. And she, and she does. And she's the best. So that's the other thing I love is she isn't just like, and you said it in, I think like two episodes ago. Um, and it, I'm, I like it and it does cause like me to give some pause is she is like, I'm going to shoot this like little like fireball out and like, Oh, it did nothing. But like, I'm also going to light his bonds on fire and now he's out. But in the back of my mind, I'm still just like, dude, no one showed her how to do this. Like it just, I feel like there should be some kind of repercussion for her using magic. She's never fucking done before. Like she should be hurt or incredibly drained or like exhausted from drawing or connecting to the the source and not knowing like how to control herself. Yeah. Cause we, we have heard about channeling sickness, but the exception yeah. for Egwene that actually does make sense. And it's maybe it's not being explained well enough in the show, but remember again that she and Nynaeve both knew how to listen to the wind. So just because Moraine says her first channeling about Nynaeve or, you know, these are the first time that they've really consciously like used yeah. a weave doesn't mean that they haven't connected with the source before in the same way that like, we don't have another good example, no. but you know, let's like Matt, what they're talking about with Matt and his channeling sickness. It's not like Matt has like done anything right so- for, like for Tom to assume that. Let's just go based on what Tom yeah. said. Because we know that that's really about the dagger. But like based on what Tom said, the he expectation yeah. yeah, is that you don't have to have necessarily, it's like connecting with the source isn't like pulling off a fireball necessarily. So Nynaeve and Egwene have absolutely channeled before. They've absolutely connected with the source before. They know that that's what listening to the wind is to an extent. You're connecting with the source to do that. It's actually a lot like the conversation we had on Star Wars last night where I was saying like, you can't use the force for evil, but like you're using the force, you're connecting with it. That, Cause I'm oh, thinking yeah. Wheel of Time rules. Wheel of Time rules, like they have done that before. So I am not surprised that she doesn't have a channeling sickness. That actually makes sense because they both listen to the wind. This is mm. nobody's first rodeo. It's just that they're now, it's like Harry with the vanishing glass versus Harry with Wingardium Leviosa. Right. It's, that's fair. And I did forget that they had done the whole like listening to the wind thing before this. So that's yeah, yeah that's that's a good that's a good explanation. I'm happy with that. I'll add to it as well that in terms of her not having seen this before, she has the one weave that she really has seen is how to make a fireball. And it's what she's done now twice. Because she saw Maureen doing that. Yeah. You I know what I mean? True. And that's and like it the is... only thing they saw her do during the fight. Yeah. And it, it, like we actually specifically see them look over and she throws a fireball, right? Like we've, 
and that is canon in the books that like if you've seen a we've done and you're sufficiently powerful enough, which both of these ladies are, we know that. We've seen Nynaeve mm-hmm. and we heard Moraine say she thinks Egwene's more powerful than Loghain. So once you've seen a we've done, you usually can do it again. And it makes sense to me that she would be tossing fireballs right now after seeing Moraine. Um, And I also really, really like how they're differentiating between Egwene and Nynaeve. That it's not just that like our, the the Supergirls, as the (laughs) the book Phantom calls them, (laughs) um, that they're just like awesome and they can do anything. And Egwene's first thing would be like to bust everyone out of that tent, which low key, I kind of wondered if that was going to happen. I wasn't sure we were going to get I kind of did too. Yeah. Like I didn't expect the wolves. I thought it was going to be her like, well, and here's the thing, like, because I had forgotten about the listening to the wind and I expected her to just try and go like all out. I expected her to have a naive moment in the cave, but an uncontrollable naive moment. Like, right, like a more violent one. Yeah, I'm like yelling. she's just like, I'm going to get us out of here. And then like the yeah. whole fucking camp is on fire or some shit. And I kind of loved that that's not what happened, that it really I'm, showed her yeah. like struggling with like, and and Egwene's plenty powerful. We know that. But I really like the difference between what Nynaeve was able to do in this like burst of anger and emotion yeah. versus what Egwene's trying to do, like really intentionally trying to channel, which Nynaeve is not. And again, the difference between vanishing the glass and pulling off Wingardium Leviosa. And I love how they're showing that because Nynaeve's was very much a vanish the glass, right? We're not yeah, going to see her pull absolutely. that off again for a minute. At least I don't think so. Like something of that magnitude. Because what I, I keep going back to that example of Harry Potter, and I love it because the kids didn't learn even Esco, which is the spell that Harry used to vanish the glass until mm-hmm. book six. And even then it was really just Hermione that was able to pull it off. I don't think Harry ever learned even Esco, to be honest, even though he, if it's he like did, the first he thing he ever did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I love that comparison. Like I doubt we'll see Nynaeve have anything that explosive happen for a little while. Um, Here's what's going to bother me. And it's, this is just my like coupling to other tropes or like other stories like this. I'm going to be upset if she starts training as a novice and can't do that stuff anymore. Nine Or if they're like, yeah. And they're like, we heard you healed like an entire room. And she's like, I can't do it. I'm going to say nothing except that I think you will enjoy the way that they handle that. Okay, good. I think. Can I tell you what I didn't enjoy this episode? Yeah, hit me with it. All of the emotion that I just suddenly felt for one person I met one episode ago. If Steppen is, dude, I, guys, I want you to know that I genuinely cried. I genuinely cried when Lan found him. That was such a gut-wrenching moment, and I wasn't sure whether he was going to have killed himself or or Loghain, possibly, right? Like, I thought he might be going for Loghain when he was disappearing. Oh, that never even crossed my mind. That actually kind of would have been dope. I was like, are we about to have a bloodbath? Because I was they're they're handling this differently than in the books, I'll say. Um, and it's not in a bad way, but I was like, I expected him to choose a lot more violence. So, so I- that's and I, I know I texted you about this, too, because it really was like, fuck, are we falling into like Game of Thrones tropes here? He shows up drunk at Nynaeve's. Uh, room i don't know if it's a room but it's definitely where she's hiding but everyone knows she's fucking there um and i was like dude please do not make this a i'm drunk and you saved my life why couldn't you save 
Karine Karina's life, Karini's life. Yeah. Um, and he attacks her, but no. And then it like it slowly became clear to me that he, there's something else. I never for a minute thought that he was just gonna like fall asleep in the room with Lan. I knew something was going on because he was talking too much about like he he was like, I'll join them. And like, you know, I'll join the thruple or whatever. Like, no, I never <laughs> believed that for a minute. I didn't buy that at all. I was no. like, no, this, this dude's up to something. I was fairly certain he was going to land dead one way or the other. But what I really liked was, like, again, they're they're doing such a good amount of show and don't tell and making it emotional and taking this this moment to be a little bit slower in this episode to set stuff mm-hmm. up, which is great because Swan motherfucking Sanche is coming back from Camelot next week. And I have the shivers, but I'm glad we're going to get a couple episodes in the tower this season and really set this stuff up because they are making the bond very clear. I think they're spending a yeah. lot of time in the first half of the season on the bond and in this episode in particular. And it is such an important thing in the story that I, I I'm really mm-hmm. glad that they're taking the time. She's talking to to Alana about another one rain dies, and they're making it clear that being bonded by another Aes Sedai could could prevent your death. Right? That's his option. That's Stepan's option. Is you can go do this, or likely you will yeah. end up dead. And. I love how clear that they're making this. I did like um, that he chose and... not to go with someone else. Like as tragic as his whole story is and how sad the whole thing was, I did like that he was like, no, she's the one yeah. that found me. She's the one that, that chose me as her warder when I was a fall down drunk. Um, you know, I, I really liked that. I liked that a lot more than if he had been like, I guess I just got to pack up and move on, you know, bootstraps and all that, or like strap up and, you know, move on and shit. I liked that a yeah. lot more. Well, and also how clear they're making it that like most warders probably wouldn't choose that. Yeah. Right. They all were just like, bruh, we get it. And then what's his face is like, he tells this whole sad story. And then what's his face is just like, my dad tried to kill me when I was 13. So shut right? the fuck up. It's like, holy <laughs> shit. What the fuck? But I do love this setup of like, can you break the bond? Yeah. What happens when your Aes Sedai dies? Would you ever choose to go with another Aes Sedai? That being the way that you could survive. Is that a choice that you would make? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not. And the Aes Sedai's concern for what happens to her warder if she dies. And all of these pieces are just I'm like, yes, yes. Spread this out on the board. Spread this out on the board now. That's fantastic. I really liked that. The other the other thing that I liked that they are spreading out on the board today, two things um, within the tower, are ongoing discussion about Leandrin gaining power. Whether Moraine wants to make a play for the Amarlin seat, Swan, Swan is the Amarlin seat. Swan Sanche is the Amarlin seat. Um, and the conversation around like, Moraine, you have two really big enemies in the tower for someone who's never here between Swan and Leandrin. Mm-hmm. And 
just like, I think even just the concept that someone else could be making a play for the Amarlin seat tells us a lot about the Aes Sedai as an organization. This woman is yeah. like currently in power and it's like, who might go up against her? It's like very Game of Thrones, right? It's like nobody's it quite it's, safe in their position. Definitely playing the game. I love it. I'm here for it, dude. Like it, it feels very like. And this is, I hope that this is, like, the main focal point of, like, their time there is, like, yeah, we get to see them, like, channel and, like, learn and practice and stuff like that. But I want to see the, like, politics and the, like, machinations behind everything. Yeah, and there are, like, entire books dedicated to tower politics, basically. Like, there's a lot to come in that, and setting that up now is really awesome. And it's also raising a million question marks because so far we've only seen like two Aes Sedai. <laughs> like there's like no one in the tower. And so the fandom's going ballistic over like who's going to be combined with whom and what are, what are we looking at right now? And like where Leandrin's at are going, I could not totally tell you right now. Yeah. And I love it. I loved her little moment with Moraine, like pushing her hair back. Like, what was that? It was like yeah. a very spicy little moment between the two of them. Yeah, she's, uh, I don't trust her, like, at all. Oh, no, 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 not but, in the like, least. It's, it's not even one of those things, like, oh, she's Red Aja, she's got her own thing. It's like, no, there's something else, like, something is, we, I don't know what it is. And she's but, making plays for control in the tower, right? Yeah. And nobody wants a red Armorlin, honestly. So, like, it's... I'm curious where they're going to go with that. I can't wait to see what happens next week. Cause Swan's coming back to like bring them into answer for low gain. Right. Yeah. Because they weren't supposed to do that. Like they're supposed right. to bring right, them right, back right, to right, trial. Right, right. Yeah. 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 And they, we saw the reds not trialing the other guy in episode one's cold open. Right. Like there's, mm -hmm. they're out there breaking the rules and Swan is fucking pissed. And I can't wait to see how we handle that. And I just love all the setup for Swan and, and Moraine not really getting along that everybody has said Swan and Moraine don't rub along together. That's what we've heard from every single Aes Sedai at this point. Yeah. And but, that like she almost sent for her. Yeah, to like rein in her and Lan. But like we yeah. haven't heard shit from Moraine. Moraine's motives, other than that she wants to keep the dragon reborn away from the dark one, which does seem solid. That's mm -hmm. all we know about Moraine. So that's true, yeah. I do believe she doesn't want the seat. I don't think that Moraine is in this for power. No, I, just, I think we can trust her that. on that. Yeah, nothing about this or nothing about like anything we've seen of her kind of like showcases that. So I think it's clear that there's a lot more to unfold though, and I love that. Like they're just this episode was just all set up, right? Of like, okay, yeah. here's all the things. Speaking of which, the other like setup-y thing that I wanted to talk about in the tower mm -hmm. are the Forsaken statues. Oh, I want so much more information. Oh, no, and I'm not going to tell you, but also, Dude, holy he, fuck. He straight up talks about how he's warding off his Shamael. And I'm like, the father of lies. What does this mean? Oh, my God. Is a Shamael still alive? Oh, my God. He's totally alive because you just answered my question 30 seconds after I asked that to myself. They gave up their soul for eternal life. Right. And what they say in the episode is. Do you believe that they can still touch the world after they've been sealed away? They're sealed away just like the Dark One is. Mm -hmm. but, but the the uh, mythological sort of religious question is like, do you believe that they can still affect us? And that's mm -hmm. what people aren't sure about and they're trying to ward them off. Yeah. 
But uh, I really liked that. We got eight Forsaken statues. Are um, there eight? Okay. They're, well, actually unclear. The number in the books is different. Um, I have been a proponent of like reducing the number of Forsaken from the very beginning. Because there's mm. like a lot. <laughs> there's 13 of them in the books. Holy shit. Um, yeah, we can go ahead and reduce that down to eight. That's fine. Um, although I might want nine. I don't know. I'm t- Book fans, I'm out on Twitter with like spoilers out all over the place discussing this. So we can all talk about it there. But I, I was really, really excited to see them setting this up. And this is the second Ishamael name drop that we've had yeah, on the is. show. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty exciting. And we didn't get dreams this week but we did get this no and i did i did notice that but then like it's towards the episode i was like dude there really was like no time for this to happen so i get that shit no there was so much going on here just was set up there was just setting up dominoes one after another and i'm like oh my fucking god like i was so excited this whole episode i can't wait to go back in you know many many years and have people oh i know and just like start yeah start this all over again dude i'm at the point where i'm just like this for me is like how i was with uh wandavision i'm just like bro can it fucking be next week already like i know i just oh my god i can't wait to see what happens next week um Oh, it was so good. I'm just like, oh my God, the Forsaken. I'm like, name drop. I would like a second Forsaken to be name dropped by the end of the season, even if that's all we get. I would like to have a name drop. But I think that's really cool to give us a little pantheon of villains. Yeah. And start setting that up. Um, Of like, we've talked about this a little bit already, even like the hierarchy of dark friends. Like you were asking about like, who was Dana going to go tell? And it's like maybe another dark friend. Right. So I like that they're kind of getting this set up a little bit more of like, it's more than just the dark one and the Trollocs. There's a lot more nuance. And then of course there's like characters like Valda or Leandrin, and there's a lot of gray area, which again is great because this whole thing is about trying to bring everybody together to, to fight the last battle, assuming that that's what the dragon wants to do and doesn't want to just turn evil. Right. And like ensuring that the dragon continues to not turn evil while everyone tries to get together. Like that's what this story is about. So showing these, these like gray area villains are great because I mean, Oh, it's just the best. It's just the best. I'm really excited about it. Should we talk about random Matt? Do we have more stuff to talk about in the tower? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think we're... I think, I think my good. only other question, and this does kind of take us to Randon Matt, is like, Moraine says, my eyes and ears will hear about it when they come into the city, and I will tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, fail, good are her Moraine? eyes and ears? Yeah, if yeah. They fucking, they've been there for like a day and a half now. And now I trust Moraine's eyes and ears, because um, something that Rafe said in his AMA... <laughs> everyone's like how are there rumors of Fort Taviran? Rafe Judkins did an AMA right and oh, uh, yeah, 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 it was yeah. pretty spoilery I don't recommend I covered it in the spoiler episode for episode four but um everyone's like how are there rumors of Fort Taviran? like what are we talking about because they haven't even told us what that means yet right but that's mm. what Moraine says when she goes to the two rivers and we're like what do you mean and Rafe was like you doubt Moraine's eyes and ears and I'm like, yo, you know what? No, I don't. But I don't really know how she's not aware of them at this point unless they got there before her. And she, I, I don't know. So here's my thing. 
and then I can it's part of Matt and Rand, so I'm fine with it. But um what if she does know and just has hasn't had time to address it? Yeah, because, because I will tell you going on with step in. Yeah, that's a very Sedai truth. I will tell you when they're here. That's not there's no time like constraint around that. I'll tell you eventually. Oh yeah. Means, right? She's just like, I promise I'll tell you at when some point in me. your life while you're still drawing oxygen. Like, yeah, like it I would be surprised if she didn't already know. Um but just couldn't deal with it. She had to go with Lan to Steppen's funeral. And yeah. now like we get to go kind of on from there. Um I could I, see because that. you mentioned the AMA and like social media and stuff. I do want to address something I saw on Twitter the other day. Um, someone said you're a dark friend if you skip the intro. All right, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a dark friend then. <laughs> like, oh my god! I saw it the first time and I don't need to see it again. I want to just get right into the fucking episode. Like I don't need to see the visuals and who's in this show. I know who's in this show. And I'll allow that for now, but I will, first of all, I'm watching it every time because it's so awesome, but I will let you know if and when it changes, because I suspect that as we go forward and we spend time yeah. with other groups and cultures, like this season's very focused on the Aes Sedai, I think when we spend some time with some other folks, we might see them in the pattern, like being weaved out. Um, and that might be cool. So I'll let you know if and when the intro does start to change, because I think that it will. I think it'll be yeah. kind of like Game of Thrones, where the map would focus on where you the are. The map starts changing the locations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, and we don't see that a lot in season one of Thrones, because it's really just the two locations. I think that next season, when we start spending some time with some different groups, we might start to see them be the things that are being waved out in the intro, which is cool. So I'll keep you posted. Until then, you can stay a dark friend. Um, and I'll let you know. But I do think, I'm wondering whether Moraine knows that Nynaeve left the tower. That I think she will know about. I think that I she'll think know she that Nynaeve know. found Rand. Yeah. yeah, I think she would know. And, and I, I love feel like a part of her was like, okay, maybe if I just like try to keep you locked up here, you're such a strong, willful spirit. Like maybe you will go out and find them for me. Right? I could see that too. Like she's, yeah. Moraine for sure will know that Nynaeve left the tower. I would be oh, shocked yeah. if she doesn't a, find there's that There's no out. doubt in my life. In no, my I think she'll know. I, well, I think they're all going to come together next week anyway. But I love that we had this conflict with Rand of like, do I take him there? I don't know. I think he's channeling. Yeah. I saw what happened to Loghain. Don't, I promised Matt that I wouldn't let that happen to him. But also he obviously needs help. Someone, and Nynaeve doesn't know what the fuck to do. Like Dude, she, yeah. he needs to see an Aes Sedai toot sweet. And I love Rand's conflict. I really expected that last week. And I loved this moment with Nynaeve because his relationship with Nynaeve is like, real. well, no, it's one of the better. I mean, sometimes oh. they butt heads, but like the two of them have a really, really special relationship through the whole series and seeing them there together for the first time was really, really awesome for me. I loved that. I loved their little conversation. They just, they have a lot of implicit trust mm -hmm. and the, you know, they're, they're both, um, especially naive, not naturally trusting people. So when they yeah, get to I together, definitely picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. And Rand too, right? He's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I love this moment of like, I don't trust the Aes Sedai naive, yeah. but I trust you. What what do I do? That is a theme that will continue of like, Nynaeve, what's the plan? Where characters are just like, yeah. please help me, Nynaeve. 
<laughs> and so, I loved seeing them together and having this debate. And I'm hoping that Nynaeve will kind of push them towards like, nah, like legit, somebody needs to look at you. Can we go to the yellow yeah, chambers? Yeah, like we we gotta get some help. Like this is beyond even me. Like we gotta we gotta do something here. Somebody needs to fucking do something because Matt is looking yeah. rough. He needs to be brought to the tower Dude. fucking immediately. So here's my, and I said this last week, and I'm going to keep saying this because it irritates me that Rand was so observant when they were held up at the farm by the the farmer. Like, hey, I know you're not going to fire this bow because your hands are not knocked mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we're just here for the night. You wouldn't even know we're here. Like, he was very in control, very observant, very, like, it does not make sense to me that he has not put it together even in the slightest that yo matt's got this random dagger that he's had since shadar logoth and now he's weirdly sick but i've never seen him channel what if the dagger is involved in this it just like it doesn't make sense to me that he is not putting this together i just don't know whether he knows that that's where the dagger came from i don't know how much matt is flashing that thing around i know he had it out last episode at the fade but well, he had it out at the fade, which I'm going to just give another shout out to Tom that we didn't see anything about him. And, but Matt assumes he's dead, which seems to be another running theme in this show that everyone, as soon as they are not with an eye shot of them, are assumed to be dead. Yeah, well, um, Matt's pretty pessimistic right now, too. He like, is really pessimistic. And yeah. also, it's been a month and Tom hasn't caught up with them. And they were, like, walking. You know, Tom yeah. obviously knew how to, like, steal a horse. For instance, that whole family was dead. There was bound to be, like, That's if Tom true. won that fight the likelihood that he could have found a horse and caught up with them is high. Like he was saying, I'm going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to protect you. So I kind of understand that assumption. Cause I don't really understand. I mean, I also agree with you. No body, no death. And also like, I just don't see them killing him off after one episode. I feel like he'll be back, but I just, I don't really know how like logistically I can kind of get down with the assumption that Tom is dead because why wouldn't he have caught up with them at this point after a month? My- I, I don't know. So my assumption at this point is like Tom has been trying to find them, but either a, so this is the only thing that would like make sense. Otherwise, yeah, I am going to have to buy that. He's dead. Um, is he has, he was so wounded in the fight that he needs to find help immediately. Yeah. That he was held up by his wounds. Yeah. That he couldn't follow them quickly enough. Like maybe he will show up again, but he's a month behind them. Cause he had to, heal yeah, exactly. Possible. Cause and well, and it's been a month too. So like he, something he had to have like gotten fucked up if he is alive. Yeah. Like there's no way he comes out of this unscathed. Maybe he's our cold open next week. Yeah. That'd be cool. I don't know. I, but I'm curious to see what happens there. But also I just think like, I don't know how much Rand knows about the dagger. I agree. He should be starting to put this together because you're right. He's observant. He's smart. He and Nynaeve are the most capable so far, right? Mm-hmm. And we've said that in, in every review at this point. Like, yeah. Those are the two who seem like to be handling themselves out in the world pretty capably. Pretty well. Yeah. yeah. And and also love that they paired them together then to talk about what to do. These are the two that like kind of know what they're doing at this point. And I mean, to an, at least more than the others. And uh I just don't know that he's really put it together. And I think that between Moraine telling him that one of them is the dragon, the fact that they're being hounded by dark friends this whole time. I mean, nobody else saw a fade like it. And it, so that does kind of track like Nynaeve, Perrin, Egwene. Nobody else has dark friends on their trail. They're the only ones who like keep continuously running into dark friends. So if I'm Rand between the dark friend run-ins, Moraine telling them that one of the, dra- one of them is the dragon 
and Tom telling him that Matt can channel and Matt's behavior, Occam's razor says Matt's the dragon, right? Like that yeah. makes sense. I can get why Rand is not like, but also we picked up this dagger and what if it's evil poison? Rand doesn't know anything about any well, of that. Well, healing him and like, yeah. And I, and that part's fine to me. Um, I don't think it's Matt. And if it were, see, I don't know. Like, God, this is what creates such a, like an influx in my head. Matt hasn't shown any fucking proclivity for anything other than self-serving a hundred percent which would make for an interesting chosen one right it like, kind of would that's why i'm like okay i'm like i'm holding out the possibility it's really small like i want to say it's like two one or two percent at this point i think but it is still there and it's fun because it's like Occam's razor for Rand would show yeah. the dragon. For us, we know about the dagger. We know that this is good. This all of this evil is being brought on from the dagger. You even right. hear it whispering after like Nynaeve is like, open your mouth. And she tries to touch his face and he like lashes out at her. You can hear this yeah. like, shh, 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 like whispering from the dagger. We know that this is not channeling sickness. The audience knows that, but the characters don't. So for Rand, I think it's a totally reasonable assumption that Matt is the dragon and not to be thinking about the dagger. I mean, even Matt is like so obviously afraid, you know, oh, like, yeah. don't let this happen to me. For From Rand's perspective, while I agree, I feel like some more information about whether Rand's aware of the dagger or not. Like, I would have loved a one-liner about like, like, did you bring that from the two rivers? And Matt being like, yeah. yeah. Just like one thing where he's like, dude, I saw like your dagger was clean. Like he knows it exists and there's no way that he would have like, I just, I don't buy that. He acknowledges that the blade that was in Matt's hand was clean, but didn't put it together. Like, dude, there's no way you brought that from home. Right. I, That's an ornate dagger. You didn't just have that lying around. And if he did, yeah. why hasn't he asked Matt about it? Like, why has he not asked about this at all? All we had was him having the conversation about Perrin's dagger from his wife, from, from Layla. Yeah, which actually shows us what a Two Rivers dagger looks like and how different yeah, this is. and they're way that different. Also, I forgot to mention this earlier, but thank God that Perrin has finally fucking told somebody. That oh my it God. Wasn't an, it wasn't the Trollocs. I know. Dude, I, I'm, I was so relieved listening to that. And I do like yeah. that Egwene was like for a for like a good like five seconds she was genuinely like horrified by what he was telling her, mm -hmm. and then and she's then... like, "No, no, bruh, you gotta yeah. be stronger than that." Even with Valda in the room with like yeah. a knife in his hand and bigger things to think about, she's like, "This was not your fault." Even yeah. while they're like maybe about to die, she's still hammering that in because Egwene is the fucking best. So yeah. hard, yes, and also. Another relationship that I really love is Perrin and Egwene. Mm -hmm. And these guys will be, you know, apart a lot. Like, and their foundation is really important. Like, their relationship is awesome. And the parallels of their journeys are awesome. Like, these two are like a an interesting pairing that yeah. I really like thinking about. And I love them having this shared experience early on, similar to how we're seeing like Rand and Nynaeve. Like some of these pairings yeah. are really, really important and I like seeing them get explored now and it's awesome. And, and, but, uh, but back to 
There's a couple more things I want to hit on on Rand and Matt, though. Yeah, definitely. I want to talk about Loghain laughing, and I want to talk about this mountain. Oh, my God. Okay, so before we get into that, I need to get into my last note that I wrote here. This mm-hmm. show is fucking gorgeous. Yo. Dude. I was all about this city. I was like, yo, this city looks fucking sick. Oh, my God. That's a dope-ass volcano back there. And then, like, 20 minutes goes by, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's the city at night. Like, dude, I I vomited love for this show. Holy crap. Makes me so happy that you like it. It it just looked so fucking good. It did. Oh, my God. Everything I could have wanted from Tarvalon and just the... (laughs) The vagina-shaped city with the and the tower. I misspoke before the. T- um, I don't know if I said this on the pod or to you offline, but that the tower's not where the clit is. The tower's in the middle. North Harbor is the clit. Okay, because so. like it doesn't do it doesn't show like an overpan view of the city, but I do know from when we had talked before about this show that you had shown me a map of it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a vagina. Yeah, they show it. You can see it a little bit when Rand and Matt are like looking out over it when Rand notices the mountain and they're looking out from that high vista. Yeah. And you can see it a little bit there. And you could, but I love the, I really hope this becomes mainstream. It's like there's a lot of great jokes in the fandom about trying to find North Harbor. Oh my God. (laughs) That's so awesome. Yeah, I really hope that becomes more mainstream. Like there's a lot of like hunting for North Harbor jokes out there that I would like to see. Dude, that's more often. But um, I really think it's funny that like everyone has exciting powers and Rand recognizes a mountain. Yep. <laughs> That's all I, I get. That was like super weird too. I was uh, that. Okay. So like, and again, this is what like, it leads me back into my like, who is and who isn't thing. Is it because Matt's sick that he doesn't like recognize it? Or does that mean that Rand may be more in tune with the events prior to what we're seeing and maybe it's rand now like why would rand recognize this mountain but then like it's right. like could matt have done it too because they're all dreaming the same thing but matt can't focus on it because he's you know fucking falling apart and shit and would it be dreams that's why they recognize it or is yeah. there another explanation for that that's open-ended um like again like reincarnation is like important so there, I don't know. Like it's, I, why this mountain is important will obviously be explained. Like it's not, they're not just going to leave that there. Um, but I don't know when they're going to circle back to it, but I think it was really interesting. And I love that it's an active volcano. I was like, that is Dude, Yeah. That was cool as fuck that it did show. There was like still lava coming out of the, the top of the mountain. I was like, okay, this is fucking yeah. cool. And this is going to be important. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be very important. And it's it's oh, it's so awesome. And it's actually like in a weirdly almost spoilery way cuz I don't want to say the name of the mountain. I've been intentionally not doing that. Although I think I can tell you offline cuz I think you've had some of the I think you know some of these spoilers. Yeah. But um they straight up like explain it in that animated short. And I was like, oh, see, okay, then I'm not going to watch. Okay. I don't I see that. I feel like that's one of those things that it's just going to get to a point where it's giving out too much information. I think that if we were everyday viewers of television, 
it would really, really help make things make sense without the spoilers. Sure. But yeah. because you and I are like put things together, people like I think proper nerds would watch that and be like, cool, I get it. Yeah. Like it. So I don't know what's fascinating, but I don't know. Remind me to talk to you more about it after the episode for spoiler reasons. But I thought that was dope. And I think it's funny that everyone has like this exciting power. And Rand is like, I recognize this place I've never been to. And that's like, yeah. for him. <laughs> and then, but so lots going on with Rand, lots of choices to make. I think it's it's interesting how he just has sort of the least development of the characters right now. Um, it's Rand is kind of the least interesting at this point, and they're starting to build it up slowly a little bit more for him of like what his story is going to be about, and that's nice. I'm excited. I was glad to see him have some conflict this week of whether or not to go to the tower and. I'll be interested to see how he actually behaves in the tower and what that looks like. And that's going to be really interesting next week. Like, I'm like, are they going to go? They have to go, right? I, I'm confident that Egwene and Perrin will end up there. I don't know that Rand and Matt will make it all the way into the building. Like, I'm like, they seem I, yeah, nervous. I don't, I don't buy them getting in. I think Nynaeve is going to have to, like, bring Moraine to them. I think yeah. that's what's going to end up happening. Is she's going to have to be like, dude, I can't. Like, I can't. I just fucking. I can't do this. Or Alana. Maybe she's no. See, I don't think she would trust Alana. I think she would. I think she would just tell Maureen, like, hey, you're taking too long. I found them, but I need your help. And I think it would be a good yeah. character development arc for her that Nynaeve is like, I can't do this on my own. Yeah, her asking for help would be an interesting character moment for her. It's not really her MO. And they do need some, but somebody needs to go deal with Matt, though. Yeah. Like, he is so fucked right now. And that needs to happen, like, fucking episode now. Episode now, indeed. Yeah. Like, it needs. <laughs> I feel like he's not going to make it much longer if they don't get I don't in either. To see him. That's the thing is, like, every time we show him. He is just worse. He fucking lashed out at Nynaeve. The fucking black wasn't even like affecting him. Like it wasn't physically present on him, but you could hear the whispers. I think it's just becoming worse and worse. Yeah. And like he, uh, he couldn't tell whether or not he'd killed the little girl. He wasn't sure. He was like blacked out when all that was happening. Like it was, it's, yeah. he's, it's not great. So. Well, and someone has to tell them like, yo, we were with Tom and we got, we found this fucking fade again. The dude yeah, fucking fades found are us. chasing us. Yeah. yeah. I, and I do think that Maureen will find it interesting that there, I mean, I think we all find it interesting that there's no other dark yeah. friends except for the ones following Matt and Rand. Right. Like yeah. something's going on. And we know that there was like a relationship between like the fade was afraid of Matt and the dagger and Matt so, was like drawn to the fade. Like there's something going on there and we don't quite know what. Here's another, like, bit of my, like, putting pieces together and trying to figure this out. Um, and it's twofold in this episode. It And I'm at the point where it has to be either Matt or Rand. It can't be Perrin because Perrin's got the wolf thing. And in my head, that just wouldn't be fair. Like, he can't, he shouldn't be like, oh, I can control wolves, but also, like, I'm the most powerful person alive. Yeah, we um, don't have any information to lead us to believe that the wolf power is related to being the Dragon Reborn or Channel. Right, we that's know what that I'm saying. I just don't think they would combine the two of them together. Like, I don't think that... I think that's something separate, and that's going to be Perrin's story. 
Just yeah. like I said last time, I think Egwene is like, she gets to find her own power. She doesn't just become the reincarnated vessel of this other person. Her story is her own power. So I think it's got to be Matt or Rand. Not and here's why I think it, I, no, I don't think it's naive at all. Um, and the only reason I don't think it's naive is her age. Mm-hmm. Um, it I just, it doesn't add up with what game. Maureen, yeah, with the way that Maureen kind of set that up for us. I don't, I don't think it is. Um, and here is my, my reason that I think it could still potentially be Matt. This is my one or 2%. How much of the fade not attacking Matt was Matt's dagger? And how much of it was, dude, like, I gotta keep my distance from this guy. Or but like, also, what's the mission, right? We know yeah. that Dana wanted to bring the dragon bring to the to dark him. one. Yeah, and he didn't him. kill Matt. Matt was just standing in the room. The Fade was right. standing right there too. So we know that the Fade was hiding from Matt because Matt literally points him out and then he's like, fuck, you found me. Step out of the shadows like a badass. Yeah, I mean, I think, and also it would make for a pretty interesting chosen one arc, right? To have like, yeah, fuck, you already, especially when we know it's like, will the dragon choose good or evil? And yeah. we're already in a place where like Matt's kind of evil. Like how fucked mm-hmm. is that for the start of your journey? Yeah. So, it's I mean, I think there's place. some compelling arguments for Matt at this point that it just would make the story interesting, even though his thing right now seems to be the dagger. How much of that is like obscuring our ability to tell that it's him? Cause we know right. there's this like corrupting force on him. So how much can we really tell what's going on? The thing that was really interesting that I agree hammers down that we're kind of looking at like a Matt or Rand situation, though I think there's still a compelling argument for Nynaeve. Um, I agree that the age thing seemed to rule her out in the beginning. I think we haven't heard enough about the prophecies of the dragon or the Corinthian cycle, which did get a name drop this week. Holy tits. I fucking died. That's the book that Rand picks up with the image of the dragon in it was the correct oh yeah 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 yeah. that's the prophecies of the dragon that ran picked up and loyal scared him and he dropped it that's that was the prophecies of the dragon was that book so that's interesting and we also see Logain in this scene that i'm like did matt hallucinate that oh like- i know i think he did hallucinate it because he just straight up as soon as he's done laughing this minute first of all i don't think he was looking at matt I think Matt was looking at him doing this. And again, this is a problem I have with trying to stick down to one story. Is this him laughing at Matt and Matt thinking he's doing this? Or is he really laughing and Matt's just watching this happen? Like, bro, what the fuck? Well, like, Ram doesn't really react to it. The camera pans super hard to Matt. Camera's telling us Matt, for sure. Yeah. And... But then it's like we cut back to Loghain after he's been laughing hysterically at them. And he's just like sitting there like he's not even like it really seems like Matt hallucinated that. I honestly yeah, can't I really, tell. I don't think it happened. And the the main reason I don't think it happened is like the crowd doesn't react to it. They're still just throwing shit at him. If right. he was in the cage like laughing his ass off and stuff, I think a lot of people will be like, <gasps> And like, like you know, well, and he's it. insane. Like, so they yeah. probably, well, but I don't know. Can you still be insane after you're cut off from Sidine? I don't yeah, know. Does actually. the madness still take you if you're cut off? I think once you're gentled, you're not mad anymore. Um, I, I mean, think I'd that's a mad. reset. I'm yeah. not, 
I, I'm not positive, honestly, like even, even within the books, I'm not totally positive. I'd have to kind of think about that, but I think that once you're cut off, you're not insane anymore. You know what? I'm sure that you're not because, um, there's nothing to drive you nuts at that point. Right. I think that it's canon because there's, and we talked about this in the primer, so I don't think this is too spoilery, that uh, after the breaking, men who could channel, because they all went insane and started destroying the world, right? Anyone who could mm-hmm. touch Sidene. And a lot of them went to the Ogier Steading, which we've now heard name dropped. Yep. Um, you cannot channel in a Steading. And they all went there to try and fend off the madness. So, like, you can't access the source from the within a Steading. steading. So I think that... Uh, yeah, once you're gentle, you're probably not crazy anymore. But I don't know whether everyday people in the streets of Tarvalon know that. You know, like no one knows. Oh, I, I about would be surprised. I, yeah, they all probably I don't think, think they he's would insane. Know. Yeah, but they I do think, think he's batshit nuts. Between the fact that only the dark friends are only following them, um, that we do see the Corinthian cycle in their storyline, mm-hmm. and that. Loghain, like, remember, we've been talking a lot about men who can channel being able to see other men who can channel and like Loghain's been cut off. Yeah. So there's questions there. Like, he obviously can't channel anymore, but. Can he still see other men? Either he sees something in Matt and or Rand or Matt sees something in him. So that's an interesting, like, really pointing us towards Matt right now. I feel like the show is really telling us Matt at this point. I feel like we are we are definitely uh, rowing our boat down river map right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I love how they're flipping this totally around. It, right? Like episode three, it was like maybe, or episode two, I think it was like maybe it's Egwene because Egwene can channel. And then it mm-hmm. was like, or it's Nynaeve because look, she's here now. And now I really feel like Matt is is the one that we're pointing towards. I think for a little while, people maybe thought Perrin because of the wolves. Like we're bouncing Rand's kind around of getting forgotten about a little bit like he doesn't really mm-hmm. a, aside from the door he hasn't really done anything since then no we're really and playing I, the anybody but Rand game at this point yeah and i, I here's the other thing that i did have a question about is him constantly being referred to by loyal um as an ielman is that like a thing or is that just the loyal being like i read books and i know well, this is the second time that this information has been dropped on us. Um, so Tom talked about it. The Aielman in the cage in episode three, right? Yeah. In Breen Spring in the little mining town. Mm-hmm. That was an Aielman for sure. And uh, Tom even said some Aiel stuff. May you find water and shade and some of like Tom's yeah. very worldly and knowledgeable. They do come from the waste. That's what Tom says. They come from the desert that's to the east of the... There's a massive mountain range just to the east of Tarvalon, not just to the east, pretty far to the east, right? But, um, kind of at the edge of the the main place where most of the people operate, and beyond that is the Aiel Waste in the desert. So they're kind of like the Fremen in Dune. Oh, okay. They're actually yeah, they're based on said. the Fremen. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but the Aiel are the only people with red hair, and Loyal is like that is a super clear thing. Like this is something I know about humans: is if you are a ginger, you are an Aielman, mm-hmm. and that's what Tom says too. He says I can tell he's an Aiel because he has red hair. Yeah. And uh, Rand is very much a ginger, and nobody else that we have seen in the show so far has had red hair. Yeah, not even close. We've seen a lot of diversity, but not in that and it has been made very clear to us that that's a real indicator of being an Aielman now we also know that Tam is Rand's father right so 
I think that it is something that's very worthy of paying attention to. Okay, um, now I have more. I have more theories. Go yeah, on. I fucking love this show. It's so well. Go tell me. I don't think Tam is Rand's father. Okay. I don't think he's his real father. I mean, they look nothing alike. Well, that's the thing. They don't look alike. Um, he was all about telling him stories of his childhood, but Rand was just like he was an old enough kid that he remembered, but he didn't talk about him when he was a baby. He doesn't talk about his mom. And yeah, that sword had to come with from the... somewhere. Yeah, the sword had to come from somewhere. That is correct. And they talk about his mom because they light the lantern for her. Oh, that's right. That's right. My bad. You're right. right you're right. You're right. But only in that she's dead. Yeah. Right. We don't really know what the deal is. Yeah. There's a there's an awful lot of cloak and dagger, um, around all of that. Uh, I'm excited to see where that goes and how much information they give us. But when when Loyal came in and was like, "I've never seen an Aielman," I was like, "Oh my fucking god, get <laughs> it, like, Loyal!" I'm not an Aielman. And I love when Loyal's like, oh, an Aielman from the Two Rivers who says he's not an Aielman. How interesting. And like, Loyal is like dead convinced of this. Dude, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a funnier, nicer Drax. Yeah, totally. Totally. With like the honesty and the how straightforward he is. And I love his like, just. just I love that he just talked, even if no one's listening. He's like, I found her in the garden. I told you she, the braid is an important part of the, the," and I'm just like, bro, no one's fucking listening to you. I loved him so much. And I'll say like, there were some leaked images of Loyal that were kind of pre-CG and, Mm. and um, people were really, really mad. Like it's the thing that the fandom has been most mad about was like the Loyal's look. And there was a question about it in the AMA and Rafe was like, listen, I know he doesn't look exactly like he's been described, but I think you guys will love him anyway. And I would rather have more Loyal because Loyal's a pretty important character. And Good. I'm glad yeah. he's not just going to be like a one-off thing. Like, nah, Loyal's... And now I have to go. Loyal's in this thing, man. Like, Loyal's like, actually, I would really like to see what you guys are about. Um, I suspect Loyal's going to explain the concept of Taviran to us, which is okay. his role in the books. He is the one I, who makes that clear to us in the books. So I kind of figured because he seemed to know a lot. Like Tom obviously yeah. wasn't going to explain the Taviran thing because they don't like they never brought it up to him. But... Yeah, Tom doesn't have any reason to think that they're Taviran. He would Tom would know what that means hundred yeah. percent. Um we at this point as an audience do not. Loyal is as they say, the Ogier live a long, 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 long time, right? Loyal's yeah. Loyal's 90, but he's considered, like, too young to be out of the studying. Like, Loyal's 90, but he's in Ogier world, the like, 20. Like, he's the same age as the kids. It's just that I he's 90. And, yeah, he's fucking awesome. And he will be around. And Rafe was like, look, I wanted you guys to have loyal in this story rather than have hit like budgetary reasons, keep him out of being a main character. So yeah. yeah, he doesn't look exactly like he does. We didn't use a ton of CG. And when people saw him and when um, I'm blanking on the actor's name for which I apologize, but when he opened his mouth, I mean, it was like he embodies the character almost more than like Lan and Nynaeve who are the other ones who are really crushing it right now. And I mean, it was like, Oh my God, that's loyal. I don't care what you look like. You are, that is loyal. And the the way that the fandom turned around from this being one of the things that they were really, people were getting nasty about. Like, you know, the way people get online. This was something mm-hmm. people were getting really nasty about. And loyal was trending all yesterday and Thursday. Everyone loved him. I was so happy to see the fandom turn around and say, no, you know what? You're right. This was great. We trust you guys. Like, let's all take several seats. Like, how dare yeah. we question Rave? 
anymore. Like everyone, I'm done. I am done questioning Rafe. Cause I also, I said in my spoilers episode, I was like, I don't look the, like the look of loyal. I'm concerned about this. Mm. No more, no more. He is so great. I'm like, Rafe, you get it. You get it so much. It's so great. He was the best. So he's played by Hamed Animashan. Thank you. And I don't know. I, he, I recognize him, but the only thing it shows that he's in is a is Black Mirror. He was just perfection. Yeah, he was awesome. I, I loved him. him. I loved him so much. Um, I think we're coming towards the end of what we had in here mostly. Um, per, although the whistling, I do want to circle back briefly too. Yeah, so after you sent me that image, I had to go back. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. That totally is Pat and Fane. Yeah, so we heard the whistling in episode one. I still one. haven't heard it. I need to go back and listen go, to it. So I can send you timestamps. So it was yes, in episode one where we see the fade standing in the street in the dark. You so hear... that's the only time I've heard it because that's all that's going on. Right. And then it goes to, it cuts from the fade. Like you start hearing the whistling and then it cuts yeah. to Pat and Fane whistling. So we know that it's him who's whistling. The next place that we hear it is in Shatter Logoth when, when uh, Matt sees the shadow that he follows to go get the, the dagger. You can hear it then, right before he hears the shadow. And it's the same tune that's being whistled. Mm -hmm. And then we hear it again right after Rand says blood and ashes, which honestly, again, like I can just die happy now. Like it's it's just so amazing. So right after that, though, you can hear it as they're walking towards the inn and they're about to enter the inn. You can hear it and then you see Pat and Fane. So he is very clearly following the group and we can hear that he's doing that. We can see that he's doing that. He's been bouncing around like some pretty dangerous places in Shatter Logoth. And we saw him just sort of nonchalantly walk away when the Trollocs attacked. So there's a lot that they're putting down here on Pat and Fane, which is why I thought I thought that Blood Calls Blood was going to indicate a lot more Fane in this episode than it did. Yeah. I I feel like the I don't I still don't really get the name of the the I don't get the episode title and I feel like I'm going to have to read more. I think I might refer to Perrin calling the wolves, but I can confirm that the thing that it refers to in the books is not what was happening in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, it is related to Fane. It, I really expected this to be a Pat and Fane episode. Like I thought we were going to get him at the cold open. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's related to him in the books, but um, love that he's just like skulking around Tarvalin. Like I'm like, where are we going with this? Uh, holy shit. And he's a character who... I'm hoping gets some pretty significant changes. So I'm really excited to see where this goes with him. I'm like, oh my God, no one knows that he's following mm. them. No one has yeah. seen him yet. Um, So, so wait, yeah. is it confirmed that he is the one that led him to the dagger? No, we see a shadow and we hear Fane whistling, but we don't know that oh, he okay. led Matt to the dagger. We could, that's a question mark. Like he may have, but also... He may not have. I think they're leaving the door open for some more details on what's going on with the evil in Shatter Logoth. Like that, I mean, as I have said many times, we will be returning. Like I will spoil, like okay. that's the, that's like the one spoiler I've dropped in like every episode is like, we are going to go back to Shatter Logoth eventually. Eventually. Not this season, not probably next, like, but at some point in our futures, we will return there. So they might be leaving the door open to explore some of that more because there is more to it. 
um, that they may just sort of simplify and cut. And they, maybe that shadow is the more to it and not Pat and Fane. It might just be Pat and Fane. It's hard to say. Okay. But uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like next week we're going to get at a minimum Egwene and Perrin at the tower. Finally I think, at the tower, yeah. I think the eyes that I might hear about the white cloaks being so near to the tower. That was I the think... other thing that blew my mind. Like I have everything I've heard is like, yeah, they don't go near the fucking tower. And then here they fucking are. Yeah. And this is a little bit of a change. Well, in the books, they go near the tower, but they just, they are meaner. Like they are way scarier in this. In the books, they're kind of like, not a joke, but the fact that they captured an Aes Sedai, let alone as many mm -hmm. as, as, as he has, as Valda has, surprised me. So they are definitely bad or bad guys here. So I feel like my knowledge base on the White Cloaks is going to prove incorrect. Like, I think they're going to be, they're much ballsier. So, but I think that therefore the Aes Sedai will probably be like on alert and know that they're there. And I wouldn't be surprised if Maureen's eyes and ears do catch Egwene and Perrin and get them to the tower. And then I think, like we talked about, Matt and Rand and Nynaeve are going to have a choice to make about how to handle that situation. And I think we're going to get Swan next week and a whole episode in the tower. And then some, then we're going to start setting up for the finale of this season. So I am super, super excited, but I can let you take us out of here. Unless we have anything else. That's fair. Um, I don't actually, I think we pretty well covered just about everything. Um, yeah, as always, guys, thank you so much for following along. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I hope you guys continue to listen in, um, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us just about anywhere. If you have trouble finding us or if someone you're trying to show somebody like how to find us, Lindsay has created a phenomenal website, um, which will be in the link at the bottom of this episode and has been for the last two episodes as well. Um, if you want to, you know, engage with the the polls that Lindsay's doing or any of the awesome memes that she's making, you can check us out on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Um, hit me up on Twitter um, if you guys have any questions or if you think one of my theories is just like spot on and you you want to, you know, give me a thumbs up or if you think I'm just a fucking idiot because I haven't finished this book and I just don't know what like, <laughs> what the fuck I'm talking about. Let me know on Twitter at Go Behind Timeline. Um, and yeah, I, uh, we got a lot coming up. I just said it last night. Sorry. I'm kind of blanking on what we do have coming up. Sorry. Uh, we have the spy just for you guys for as, as a special treat, because it is something that Lindsay and I both get to excitedly talk about. Um, we have the Spider-Man primer coming up next week. Um, we are going to continue putting out weekly reviews of wheel of time because Lindsay has converted me and I'm in love with the show and <laughs> very so clearly happy. she is too. Um, and then we will be moving into uh, our Christmas episode. Sorry, guys. I, I probably need another. It's going to. It's so it's the spy. I'm like, I got you. It's we're going to do the Spider-Man primer. We're going to do all the Wheel of Time stuff. We're going to have a Christmas episode. We're going to wrap this year up with a Hawkeye review because we mm. are watching that. We're just not doing it weekly. And um Somewhere in between there, you might see The Witcher. We might have a review of The Witcher. Of course, that's going to drop as a binge on Netflix, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But we're really going to be pausing all of our timeline stuff until season two of this podcast, which will come out in January. So look out for just a lot of like 
current event stuff through the rest of December um, plus the Christmas episode. But there's mm-hmm. just a lot going on. Book of Boba Fett's coming. So, yeah. Stick yeah. with us, Book guys. Book of Boba Fett. That's what I was trying to get to. I knew it was stuck That's in the back of my throat. I knew there's it. a lot coming. It's very exciting. So, But do stick with us. I know we've had like three episodes drop in the last two days. And we'll have more. I'll have the spoiler review out for this episode pretty soon. So, Lots of Wheel of Time stuff, just generally lots of stuff coming from us in December. Yep, absolutely. Um, but until such time as the next episode comes out, if you guys could be so kind, continue to let the light favor you and stay nerdy. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>